Hey everyone, it's Leadership Now with me, Dan Pontefract. Uh, we have a special guest today boasting a bold, expansive sound that fuses some of my favorites, Arcade Fire's epic rock stylings with hip-hop elements and folky Bob Dylan and I'll say Bruce Springsteen earthiness. Mondo Cosmo is the performing name of LA-based singer-songwriter Joshua Ostrander. He first garnered buzz with his 27 debut album, Plastic Soul, which I saw when Josh was opening up for Spoon. Um, in 2020 of June, uh, he returned with his second full-length album, sorry, New Medicine. And he's just released his third album. This is for the Barbarians. Ou en français, pour mes amis, c'est pour les barbères. No, Josh, I married, I married a French babe, so I have to say that. Josh is a uh, Philly native, began his uh, career as part of the alt-rock band La Guardia. There's a tip for those of you that know New York. Along with friend and longtime band mate Greg Lyons, he then left to form Eastern Conference Champions. Not sure if that's a Sixers reference. A vigorous indie rock trio. And then in, 20, in April 2016, he started his solo career with the single Hold On To Me, his first release under the Mondo Cosmo name. His second single, Shine, arrived in September of the same year and peaked at number one on Billboard's Adult Alternative Songs Airplay chart. I have been following this guy around for the past five years or so. Uh, Josh, it's a pleasure to have you here on the show today. First question, though, is about grit and resilience and perseverance. So here's my take, and, and you you fire away as you see fit. Um, you've been at this game for a pretty long time in, quote, the music business. Uh, you've been dropped by labels. You've toured relentlessly. You've moved from east to west. You've had different bands. You've produced, then a pandemic. And I can't imagine uh, it's been easy. So I'm just, I'm just wondering, what have you learned about yourself really over you know your career and any any advice i suppose in terms of that introspection about your own grid and resilience and you know ultimately this perseverance that you have that's so nice too. that was a great intro by the way thank you um yeah i i you know i honestly just think i'm obsessed i'm i'm obsessed with songwriting i'm obsessed with um with touring i just i love it all so much so i i just I honestly, I don't know what else I could do. I could maybe like bag at the grocery store or something. Like I, I'm, I'm pretty useless outside of, of what I do. I think so. I'm just really, I'm just happy. I'm able to keep doing it. You know, I was it, the pandemic was tough. Um, you know, we weren't able to tour for two years, and I put out a, a friggin' record during the pandemic. And you know, so I just think. Um, the joy that I get from writing and creating songs. I'm just so thankful. I, there's a cool quote in Jeff Tweedy's book. I don't know if you read it, but he talks about, you know, his, his goal or his dream is that he doesn't lose that excitement and he hasn't yet, you know? So I, I kind of agree with that. Like that's, that's the end game for me is just always enjoying the process. Well, speaking of the pandemic and enjoying the process, so if you can't tour for two years and you're holed up uh, in in California with your wife and your dog, and you know we don't know what this whole virus thing is, you you decide you do two things. Basically, you've decided to put out an album, New Medicine, uh, in in 2020. So, what first of all, what was that like? Because I can commiserate a little bit having put out my fourth book in the middle of a pandemic and thinking. I'm not sure if that was a great idea. Uh, so how do you play out when you release New Medicine? And we'll get to 
this is the this is for the barbarians because you also wrote an album in a pandemic. So let's start with new medicine and releasing one in a pandemic. Yeah, I was I was I think the idea was like let's just put it out and you know the idea of like oh people might need music right now. I don't know. It was just something like let's just put it out. It's done. It's a beautiful piece of work. We're excited about it. And then um, it was tough, man. It was tough asking people to those early days. It was really worried, and we didn't you know we not a lot of people were, were stressed. They were stressed about money. And I felt bad asking people to buy the record or the vinyl or, or spend money on a t-shirt when they probably should be spending it on groceries and stuff. So that was tough to deal with. Um, again, not being able to tour. I wrote that record specific for the road, you know, so it was tough. It was tough not hitting the road with that one. I was, I was really depressed. I, I think for a couple months, I was pretty down about it. And then one night, it was a Sunday night. I'm watching TV with my dog and my phone starts. All these text messages start coming in. Everybody's like, go to Twitter, go to Twitter. I go to Twitter and there's this New York Times article about Bruce Springsteen doing his. He put out a record during the pandemic as well. And um, they were talking to him and they were asking him what music excites him right now. And he named a bunch of artists. And then and lastly, I think he said, I like this guy, Mondo Cosmo. Oh, and wow. brother i mean i grew up in philly so that guy is like patron saint you know yeah. and i was like oh man and it turned out he liked this song off of that record called black cadillac and i was like that's why i put that record out you know for this validation right now it was just it really it brought me to my knees man it was a big one k-a-v-a-n-e-u-g-h can't you see that karma's a bitch that's exactly yeah. how you put that uh that album out that's amazing the boss his own and uh, highlighting you in the New York Times. I mean, that that's pretty cool. So there's this, I guess, underlying message that we should be um, unfearful, in essence, right? And courageous. Say, whatever the situation may be, just do it. You never know. Is that fair? Yeah, that's absolutely fair. Yeah, I just think follow your heart and, you know, man, it's going to lead you to the right place, I hope. Okay, so we're still in a pandemic and, and you have released new medicine, but you're a creative guy. Uh, you're not doing landscaping during a pandemic. You're writing. Yeah. And so you write, this is for the barbarians. So tell us a little bit what it's like to, you know, find that creative juice when you're not touring or maybe you're not into some of those relationships that are face to face. And you've, you've, you've put out uh, an incredible album. We're going to get into it. But tell us a bit about what it's like as a musician to write an album in a pandemic it was it was beautiful in the sense that like we were on tour for we started we had a handful of tour or shows and then we had to stop because the pandemic hit and i had to fly everybody home went home and i was suddenly faced with like time on my hands yeah. and i was like man i'm just i'm gonna write and there was so much stuff happening with the black lives matter movement and the pandemic and just like there was so many things i was so led lyrically to be like I think I actually want to try to touch on that and see if I can do it in a way that's not completely on the nose, but kind of like, I want to take this record and I want to remember this year, this, you know, year and a half and, and just really like, I want the whole record to be written during it. I want it all to kind of flow through each other. I want it to be uplifting, but also powerfully like reminiscent of, you know, heartache and loss, you know? So I, I really thank you for saying that. I'm really proud of it. And the reception I'm getting, it's just been beautiful. And, and I think we nailed it. I really do. Well, I'll tell you, I, you continue to nail it. I mean, this is for the barbarians. I think 
is not necessarily a departure, but a continuation of what I think that you are as a writer. And so bear with me. And I want to get into each of these three kind of components to, to your writing, Mr. Cosmo. So uh, you, you get into what I think are really deep relationships and discussing, you know, whether it's Marianne or in Hang On or in things like Hey Stephen from a previous album, you know, the, why, the importance of relationships. So that's number one. We'll get into that. But then you've kind of alluded to this already, and particularly in Barbarians, you, you're into like social causes and issues that are almost uh, visceral, but then hidden within the songs and the lyrics themselves. So I want to get into that with you. And then the third one is love. Uh, this is a recurring theme for you. So let's go to relationships and start there. So why is it so important to you to bring up, you know, um, relationships like in Marianne or Hang On? I think, I, especially with Hang On, that song's kind of about growing up in Philly and the friendships and the people that we lost. And um, that one, that's probably my proudest high watermark on the record, I think. I think it's like, lyrically i think i just i'm so proud of it and musically just it turned out so beautifully i don't i i posted something today about it and i said i know it's five minutes long and it's two chords the whole time but i think this is my best work and there's no chorus i mean it's just ridiculous but it's just like i felt like i feel it's a poem you know just like i i, I really am proud of that and i think you know when i'm at my best is when i'm writing what i know and the thing I know the best is I mean these uh, I take every chance I can to tell anybody I love them and that's something I took away from the pandemic as well um so I think I write what I know and I write what I love and those are my friendships and the, the connections that we make well and speaking of connections you have a connection with society I would argue so from social causes and issues whether it's you know the environment where you you tuck yeah. away some lyrics there for sure uh, clearly on this new album with George Floyd and January 6th uh, in Good Morning America and other spots, you always find a way in which somehow, as I say, uh, almost subliminally and or viscerally to suggest, hey, you know, we can do better. So why, why is, you know, where's your social conscience, I suppose? I guess the first time I really tried to actually specifically do it was the Kavanaugh line in, in Black Cadillac. And I was I was really encouraged when the boss reached out and was like, this is the tune, you know, and I was like, man, I'm like, OK, if he's giving me the head nod to go that route, I'm going to I'm going to keep going. And um, Good Morning America almost didn't make the record because I what? What? Yeah, it almost <laughs> Come <did>. on. <laughs> and um, I, I reference um, a Dylan line at the end when yeah. I'm talking about the insurrection and I. I told the label, I was like, you better reach out to his camp and make sure he's okay with this because it's the lyrics in this line are pretty, I want to make sure it's okay. And um, they reached out and like, he's fine with it. And we gave him publishing on it. So now it says written by Joshua Stringer and Bob Dylan, which is amazing. Um, I saw that. I'm thinking, okay, when, when did Josh have time to go with Dylan and kind of pen this album or this uh, song? And it's amazing. Like, it's a great tune. Thank you, man. Yeah, I was I was proud that the, the musically it, it keeps me excited as much as the lyrics do. So um, I was really proud because I really I worked on that one. It went pretty quick, but it was right during the middle of the Black Lives Matter movement. And I was like, and between that and the way the government was handling uh, the COVID situation, I just felt really led to be like, I was angry. I was mad. You know, I was I was like, what's the best way I can do this besides drinking? And it's just going to be writing a song about it. <laughs> 
Hey, there's nothing wrong with old fashions or beer, man. So that, <laughs> we'll have to have one of those one of these days together. Okay, you brought up the boss. And one of the songs, if I understand correctly, on uh, Barbarians, WW3, World War Three, you sort of had this, uh, I guess, rapport with Mr. Springsteen on what the song entailed or could be. So could you tell us a bit about that uh, process? Yeah, this was a crazy one. So after the New York Times thing, we emailed back and forth a couple. We got in touch with him. I wrote him a letter and he wrote back and... I opened up this email one day and it was like, hey there, Joshua, Bruce Springsteen here. And I was like, oh my God, here we go. And it started this, nothing crazy. It was just a couple emails back and forth. And then um, we had a song on the record called World War Three, and it was written during the pandemic. And there was a line in the chorus. It goes, when I was young, I prayed for love. Now I pray for a new world war. Referencing, like, I, it was a time during the pandemic where I thought the world should come together, like, as a new World War Three, and we all come together, you know? And then the situation with Ukraine came up, and I was like, oh, man. I'm like, this is going to be bad, you know? <laughs> so I was like, I mean, honestly, like, the record's delivered, the vinyl's pressed. I sent the song to Bruce, and I was like, hey, man, is this going to sink the ship? And he said, Joshua, if you can change that line, I absolutely would. And he's like, you know, and so the morning before we left for this tour, I recut the vocal. I sent it to Spike Stent, who was in Dublin, to mix it. He sent it to Simon Francis in London to get it mastered. We got it done and we got it into the DSPs, got it swapped out and everything just in time for the oh, record release. Nice. So it was like, but it, the only reason that happened is because I was like, Bruce Springsteen said I should change this. So everybody jumped and got it done. It was nuts. That is an incredible piece of insight. And thank God that it wasn't uh, the black uh, vinyl wasn't pressed yet. Good Lord. No. So the vinyl is pressed. So the um, the only way you can hear the original version is if you get the first pressing of the vinyl oh, so okay. there was nothing we can do on that <laughs> got it okay gotcha okay yeah. so we've got relationships we've got your social causes uh and sort of your the issues that are important to all of us and to you but then again i think in all three albums and even the ep love keeps coming up and i mean you've put it on the actual disc itself for uh this is for the barbarians uh, one of the lines I love, which is really a smackdown mic drop, and, I, and you got to tell me where it came from, if it was your mom or otherwise, you dream of glory, I dream of love. So tell me a bit about that line, and then we'll get into love itself as a, as a recurring theme to what you believe in. moment of that song, I just, I went full Bono, you know? I just went, I'm like, what would Bono say here to sum this up, to just really, like, to kind of just really give the impression that I don't care about success. I don't care about uh, the trophies or I, I care about the relationship I have with my people in my life, you know, like that's where I'm at. And it wasn't really directed at anyone. I guess it was just directed at, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I hope that's what comes across. And I just, I, it's my favorite part of the record, man. I just think it's so powerful and, I don't know. Well, uh, it is powerful. And I want to come back to love, but I want to segue something you just you said there, because you have this knack in your songwriting uh, to to kind of have these, I don't know what to even call them, mantras, like in-song mantras. So songs like Hang On or Lord, <laughs> Chemical Dream, Drown in Love, another love one, 
They, they have these kind of almost, Joshua, these otherworldly mantra-like feels to them. So do you consciously seek that out, that sort of repetition and, and align kind of like, you know, um, you dream of glory, I dream of love, as a way in which to to provide a hook for the, the audience, the listener, the fan? Like, just tell us a bit about how that happens for you as a songwriter. I think at the end of the day, the most important thing for me with the song is the melody. If the song doesn't really have a strong melody, it's not going to come out. You know, I'm really, yeah. I'm really hard on myself with that. And I'm proud of that. Um, so, A, that's the first thing. Um, but I think, man, I just, I don't know. I just, I let the song lead us and I, I'm so dumb. I really am. And I, I feel like I have this little niche where if I'm sitting and I'm writing and I'm at my typewriter or I got a, a pen in my hand, like I have these moments of just like, oh, that's a cool line. You know what I mean? And it's just, I'm really, I should not be, I, I'm like pretty much illiterate, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know how this is happening. Um, so I'm, thank you for saying that. It means a lot. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm an author. So I, 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 I swim in words as well every day. And I can tell by your lyrics that, you know, you, you, you put a profound effort into making the words stick at the right moment for the right time. And again, songs like Chemical Dream or Drown in Love or, or Lord in the latest uh, on Barbarians, like you just, you have a knack. And I, I encourage you to continue that, but I just wanted to get a little more more insight. Okay, let's let's go back to love, and then we have a last question. So, what is the deal with you and, and love? It sounds like a stupid question, but it is a recurring theme. And there are some artists out there that refuse to touch the word or or the emotion. You seem to uh, revel in it. I, I'm not the coolest cat. I don't care. I I mean, I write. I love, that's what I do, you know? So I, I write what I know, you know? And yeah, a lot of people won't use the word and God bless them. That's, you know, they're probably way more successful, but I don't care. I'm just, <laughs> I, I come back to it because I think that's all there is in life, you know, like that. I think love is it. I think love is it. Uh, as the one uh, one guy named John Lennon once said, all you need is love. Isn't that true? Yeah, I hate that. See, there you go. <laughs> okay, so last question, and then we'll find out more where we can find more out about you. What What have you learned about yourself over the last five years, or even maybe your career? Like, I do want you to sort of uh, delve a little more introspectively into. Well, you know, this is who I was in 2000, and here are here here I am. Sorry, 2022, my third solo album. I've had this career, and I'm still going. What What are the learning moments, the learning lessons you want to share here, Josh? I think the most important thing, and I've been saying this on stage lately, is just the thing I've learned the most from the past two years is just not to take any of this for granted, like playing shows or, or connecting with folks. Like, man, it can just be like we've seen just taken away, you know, and you're sitting in a room for two years. So I I think for me, I'm I'm just I'm I'm gonna enjoy every second every second sitting in the van and every second of the monotony of this, the hurry up and rush and the, the, the sitting and doing nothing. Like, I'm just, you know what? I don't care. I'm thankful. I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful to be healthy. You know, like I, I, I'm not ever going to forget that feeling of not being able to go out and play. It sucked. 
you're here, man. I used to do uh, like 40 to 50 keynotes a year and all of them have been done like you from a, basically an a, acoustic session in my living room. And so I miss people and I myself need to get back on the road. I'm kind of envious that you are already. Yeah. Uh, Mondo Cosmo, you're amazing. Where can people find out more about you and the new album? This is for the Barbarians. Ou en français, c'est pour les barbares. I love that. Um, did we get that right, by the way? Yeah, you on, did. Yeah, the artwork. You did. Yeah. I mean, my 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 lovely better half, French. I married up. French wife said, "Oh, I like this. Is he French?" I'm like, "No, he's Philly." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, you can find me on on Instagram. Is where I'm I'm best. Uh, it's Mondo Cosmo, Cosmo with a Z, and um, we're on Twitter and Facebook and everything. But um, We'll be touring for the next couple of weeks. I think, you know, we're starting to get the phones starting to ring again. So I think I think it's going to be a busy year, hopefully. Well, I know I get a chance to see you uh, upcoming here in the spring. Yeah. And then what I do hope is to pick you up again in the fall somewhere. I'll, I'll come find you and, uh, and, and enjoy what you bring to the stage. It's, uh, it's honestly, you've got like a... As, as indicated, a mashup of like Beck and Arcade Fire and The Boss and, and some of my favorite Canadian bands like The Tragically Hip and, and Rocket. Oh, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, you have everything there. But it's backed by just uh, sublime musicianship and quality. And so I just wanted to thank you. Brother, thank you so much. I can't wait to see you and have a beer with you. It's going to be great. Looking forward to it. Okay, Joshua, thanks very much. And everyone, that was Leadership Now with special guests. Mondo Cosmo. Pick it up at mondocosmo.com. Check him out on Instagram and just buy the album. C'est pour les barbares. This is for the barbarians. Is a disc you do want to pick up. Thanks again, Josh. Thank you, brother.